Welcome to Marketing Demystified, the podcast that connects the dots for business leaders to drive revenue through effective marketing strategy. We chat with marketing experts on different topics that will help you ramp up your revenue. We stream live on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platforms. Marketing Demystified, the podcast, is presented to you by Growgetter, your partner in growth marketing. And here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. Happy 2024. Are you ready to be inspired, informed, and empowered with actionable tips to transform your marketing game? You're in the right place. Welcome to Marketing Demystified. I'm your host, Jen Mancusi, CEO and co-founder of Growgetter, your growth marketing partner. Uh, I'm sure you're seeing this. I'm seeing it. Predictions for the new year in business are, are everywhere. They've been an annual thing for experts, podcasters, and others out there, but every year it's something new. Um, and today, what I want to do is kind of talk about some of the predictions I've seen out there and see which ones do we think are going to hold. What are our own predictions for the new year? Um, so we'll dive in and please chime in with your predictions as we go. Um, before we get into some of the predictions I've seen out there and sort of compile these different topics I've seen, let's talk about maybe why we shouldn't look at predictions. Um, I saw a, a post recently from Jay Schwedelson, CEO of SubjectLine.com, with some examples of big predictions that went horribly wrong in the past, you know, then, you know, streaming music isn't going to, you know, people aren't going to pay for that subscription in the long term. That's, you know, 20 years ago. Um, whatever the, the predictions are that were wrong, the point is that none of us really have a crystal ball. Um, the only way to know what will work is by experimenting, testing, measuring, and then refining. Um, it's so important. I think you've you've heard me say this before. Like you you, you never know what's going to work for your business from a marketing perspective until you actually do it. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I see a lot of companies making is trying to take something that works for other businesses and apply it to your own and just expect it to work the same way. Um, but every business is unique. Every industry is unique, and it's so important to have a data-driven marketing strategy so you can actually test out different things and then see what works for you. Um, if you're an early stage startup, you don't have to do something with your marketing strategy just because you heard the CMO of a billion dollar company predicts it to be the biggest thing in 2024. Um, you really have to try it out for yourself. Um, so I'm a big proponent of that. Um, but even though there are no crystal balls here, let's actually take a look at some of the predictions um, that are out there for 2024. And I encourage you to test them all and learn for yourselves uh, to drive the most effective strategy. So starting off, um, if we think about some of the predictions from 2023, I mean, 2023 was the year of generative AI. And so I think one of the most interesting predictions I've seen out there so far for 2024 is that this is the year of original content. That was coined by Sangram Vajri, CEO of Go-To-Market Partners. Um, he posted this over the holidays that 2024 is the year of original content. And I think this is really interesting as the sort of um, antithesis of generative AI, which um, has a lot of hype at the moment in the short term, and I think will have a, a big long-term impact as well. But it just increases the importance of original 
text that you're writing, video content that's generated by your team, your employees, um, content with original research, which is great for any marketers out there or founders doing marketing in the insights space. Um, that's really going to rise above all the AI generated content. So creators who are doing more creating original content will kind of like uh, expose that AI generated content and increase their own their own performance as a result. Um, Neil Patel said something similar, predicting that human written content will outperform AI written content. So more and more marketers and founders are relying on AI to create efficiencies and write content for them. Um, but that's only going to help human generated or original content stand out because AI content is not original right? It's been trained by other content that already exists. So it just means it's, uh, it's more and more important to, um, to kind of have, find your, your voice and, and, uh, create that content from, from you as opposed to from the models. Uh, another one that kind of fell into this, this category of original content was Sprout Social in their 2024 predictions around social media specifically, authenticity was first on the list. Um, I think that's a, a really interesting tie-in and also like not a new concept. Um, maybe some would even say a buzzword, but I think it's about creating trust for your audience in a sea of AI-generated content. So to sort of add to these predictions, like why is it, why is it so hard to create original content? First of all, it takes a lot of time, right? That's at least the concept that, uh, or or the misconception, I should say, that it's going to take a lot of time to create original content. Um, it also takes some creativity, like writer's block. People don't know what to write about, or maybe you have an idea for a topic, but you don't know where to start. I actually think this is a really good place where you can use AI to get you over that hump. So you know, maybe reducing some of the time it takes and helping you to overcome writer's block by uh, having AI generate some ideas for you or maybe an outline or um, just a starting point for you to create your um, create your original content. I think the last thing that makes this really hard and what definitely stops me from creating more content personally, and I think a lot of the people I talk to as well, is perfectionism. I am constantly telling myself, don't think, just write. When you have an idea, just write it down. Write it now. Um, don't let the, you know, this concept of it being perfect stop you from publishing content. Because what ultimately ends up happening is it's never the really brilliant content ideas that perform the best for me. Sometimes I write something and I think, oh my gosh, this is the most perfect piece of content and everyone's going to get it and relate and it's going to go viral. Those never perform the way I think they're going to. It's that one thing that just came out of nowhere that you thought, ah, that could be interesting that everybody loves. Um, I noticed this when we were doing some analysis of our grow getter content in 2023, like what was the most popular blog article and um, what email had the, the, the best metrics. And the piece of content that was uh, it was linking to was kind of a, 
a, a random idea that somebody had on the team. And it was a great, a, a wonderfully written piece of content, but it wasn't the the thing that we all thought was going to be um, the highest performing. So don't try to be perfect with your content because you just never know what's going to perform. If you have an idea, write it and get it out there. So um, moving on from original content, another uh, a prediction that I saw a lot of, there's a lot of predictions specifically about podcasting. And some that I found really interesting are about collaboration. Um, Lauren Passell and Ariel Nissenblatt are authors of Podcast Marketing Magic. This is a reader-supported publication. You should definitely check it out. There's a lot of really good podcast content there. And, you know, podcasting in general is continues to be on the rise. For, in my opinion, I think it's an underutilized channel. Um, but when thinking about specifically predictions for what's going to happen in podcasting for B2B in 2024, collaboration was such a big theme. So I think those that that collaboration kind of falls into a few different categories. There's first, it's collaborating with other podcasters. Um, inviting other podcasters onto your show is a great way to increase reach, grow your own following. Um, I love doing this because whenever I interview another podcast host, there's something very um, easy and organic about the conversation that happens. And it's just a lot of fun. Um, but podcasts that have similar themes and audiences are not your competition. And I, I tend to think about my own listening habits with podcasts. Like if there's a genre or a theme that I really like, I'm not choosing one podcast over another. I'm listening to both. Um, I'm listening to an episode that might have a more interesting topic for me versus another one. But um, those sort of like opportunities to cross, uh, you know, cross promote and co co-create the content um, is a great way to increase exposure. Another way you can collaborate and should collaborate in 2024 for your podcast is with your listeners. So, and I hope to do this with all of you. I'm so appreciative of everybody who, who listens in every week, but um, Lauren and Ariel recommend a few ways to um, improve your content. And that means bringing your listeners into the process with you. So first, the first way you can do that is actually put yourself in your listener's shoes. Um, maybe not every episode, but some of them. It's a great way to improve. Um, this is a, a, a recommendation from these guys on the on the podcast marketing magic pub. But one thing I'll add to that is also it's super important to me to have like a trusted circle of people that listen to my podcast for me. Um, sometimes it's the producer, could be my friends, but people that I rely on to give really honest, constructive feedback. It's the only way I get better, right? To have somebody t tell me, you say um too much, or you are looking somewhere strange in your frame or whatever it might be. Your audio isn't good. You need a new microphone, right? You need people in your inner circle that are listening to your podcast and can give you that constructive feedback. Um, beyond that, survey your listeners. I know my Insights listeners will love to hear this. Um, we love a good survey and customer feedback is super, super important. Um, but get that feedback and use it to improve your content. Um, 
And while you're at it, uh, show a little bit of behind the scenes. So one recommendation I thought was really interesting is to share with your listeners what goes into creating each episode, how much time it takes, things like that. Um, more broadly, I love this approach for just business in general. I love kind of peeling back the curtain on uh, businesses and showing the people behind it and what goes into creating platforms and technology and things like that, the expertise and and the humanity behind it. And this is another trend that's predictive for podcasters in the new year. Finally, still on the theme of collaborating um, in podcasting is collaborating with influencers. So that means taking to Reddit there's so many sub-communities in Reddit talking about all different topics. Maybe there's people talking about your show. Um, you should find out. You should interact with them. You should participate in that conversation and use that as a channel for feedback as well. Um, the next is TikTok. Uh, there's a huge trend in uh, that happened in 2023 for what's called book talk. If you're not familiar, people are talking about different books and um, series and things like that. And uh, Lauren and Ariel predict that 2024 will be the year of pod talk. And I am very much looking forward to that. So let's keep it moving. Um, another prediction for that uh, I saw a lot of conversation about um, in the last couple of weeks is this concept of the decline of the traditional B2B demand gen playbook. This is super interesting um, to me. And and I actually don't think it's a new conversation, um, but I think it's a really important one to be having right now. Um, so firstly, John Miller, the founder of Marketo, former CMO of Demandbase, um, wrote an article that was published by OpenView that, and this article, you know, had a bunch of different predictions, but this particular one about the decline of B2B, uh, traditional B2B demand gen um, was also, you know, chosen as a favorite by other podcasters, Rockstar CMO and, and others. I think it's such an important one to discuss. Um the traditional demand gen playbook is really all about outbound, right? It's all about ads and downloads and gated content and, and driving conversion, driving conversion, driving conversion. Um, but the new B2B playbook, according to John Miller, is, is about a, a, an evolution of how we're thinking about um, uh, driving demand. And there's it's a lot more heavily leaning into... Uh, the investment in brand creation, um, speaking to buyers' emotions and um, uh, that sort of emotional buying journey and that brand affinity, as opposed to just, here's a product that you need, you should buy it, convert. Um, using intent and AI to identify when buyers are in market is an important one. There's a there's a sort of personalization aspect and segmentation aspect to understanding when people are looking to buy and not just looking for anyone to buy. Um, a focus on all aspects of revenue, including retention and expansion. This is a big one. Um, a lot of marketing efforts tend to focus on net new pipe or top of funnel, um, but there's a, increasingly more and more of a need for customer marketing um, for retention and expansion. And then a, a deep alignment with sales. I don't think that's a new concept. Um, I think that's something that sales and marketing has struggled with for a long time, but it's becoming, again, more and more important. Um, so this traditional demand gen playbook of, 
you know, every activity needs to drive conversion just doesn't really work the way that it used to. But a lot of marketers get stuck in that space because the expectations of the business tend to prioritize those shorter term results over long term strategy. And brand building is really time consuming. So from my experience, I think the best way if you're a marketer out there and you're listening and you're thinking, like, how do I um, how do I convince my leadership team or my founders or whatever that that it's important to invest in brand? Um, it's to sort of earn your right to build brand by doing a good job with demand first. So some of that old playbook, maybe it's not as efficient as it used to be. It still works, right? But it helps you to kind of buy yourself some time to invest in longer term brand strategies and bolster those demand efforts down the line. So this is always how I've kind of approached my own marketing efforts is like, I really want to spend more time on on brand um, because I see the value of it improving um, demand gen efforts. And it's about turning cold calls into warm calls for sales and getting those bottom of funnel um, conversion uh, tactics to perform better. But it can be difficult to measure and it can be, um, you know, hard for companies to stick with long term. Um, so anyways, it's really important to kind of think about those early uh, leading indicators that something's working and leverage those for longer term strategy, but also do a good job at the short term strategy at the same time. That's the best way to kind of earn trust internally um, with your teams. Um Adam Robinson, the CEO of retention.com, posted on LinkedIn last week as well. Somebody sent this post to me and I was kind of blown away by um, just the way it was framed. And I can link it out to you and share it with you. But um, in, in this post, he claims that revenue was really never predictable. And that as a goal is is it should go away, right? That's everybody wants predictable revenue, but um, it's it was never predictable for anybody, and we should stop kind of chasing that goal. Um, outbound channels are maxed out, um, which is so true, especially on the digital side with sort of post pandemic business um, where everything sort of uh, got very saturated online. Those outbound channels are really messy and noisy, and it's tough to cut through. And by the way, us as consumers, buyers, we want to do our own research. So um, he calls the future an inbound-led outbound strategy, and I really, really love this. I think it's such a great way to think about, um, again, why brand building is so important. And how that, if you can focus on inbound, um, which again, it's not a new idea. We've been talking about inbound for a long time. Um, but focusing more on that as opposed to outbound is the way to get outbound to work better. Um, so I think it's a, a huge opportunity for marketers to make this shift today because it's going to take people a long time to catch up. Um, like I said, this shift has been happening for a long time, but marketers who adopt a new formula sooner will ultimately win in the long run. Um, there's going to be, it's going to take a long time for companies to allow their marketing teams to do some of this inbound brand building work, especially smaller companies. If you're at a bigger company that has resources to invest and you know, you're very well established and you're growing, 
then you have a little bit more leverage to um, ask for those brand resources. But um, smaller companies, newer companies, startups will will it will take a long time for people to catch up. So the ones who do this properly will definitely stand out um, in the crowd. All right. The last kind of theme that I saw a lot of uh, when looking at 2024 marketing pre predictions was uh, this concept of visual content. Um, so, and this kind of came through in a few different channels. So we're not simply talking about, you know, do more video or get more images in your content or whatever, but it's actually about how do, does visual content help your uh, SEO strategy and also your podcasting strategy. So areas to prioritize for SEO, um, search engine land, uh, their number one prediction is that rich content and visual optimization will be critical for search in 2024. Um, and a lot of that actually stems from all of this growth and sort of explosion of generative AI, because as search changes with those AI, uh, AI generated search and large language models getting more sophisticated, they're actually able to translate image to text and vice versa. So in the past, when we're thinking about search engine optimization, it was like, oh, this is it's good to optimize your content, include have a blog that includes rich content and make sure it's optimized, but it's not just a recommendation anymore. It's a requirement. This is one of the big shifts that will happen in search behavior um, is the way things show up that are, that are optimized properly from a visual perspective. So what this means is actually bolstering your written content with more in a few areas, things like um, experiential and informational videos, uh, web stories. Uh, we're big fans of web stories and YouTube shorts and things like that, like including that in your search um, strategy, podcasts, webinars, uh, visual optimization of the page itself. So making sure that your uh, meta descriptions and your image descriptions and tags are all optimized for your keywords, things like that. Um, Etc. So that's an area if you're not thinking about visual content and visual optimization in your search optimization strategy, uh, that's something you should be looking at in 2024. Um, the other is video podcasts, as I mentioned. So according to social media and community expert Kendall Brightman, video podcasting is here to stay, which I'm a big fan of, um, as you can tell, um, just if you're here listening right now. Video podcasting was new, I don't know, maybe five years ago, and, and it was quite small. It's probably older than five years now that I'm saying that out loud, but I don't know the exact number. But as of now, today, 64% of new podcast consumers prefer video first. So that's quite different. Whereas I think there was a time where uh, the podcast community wasn't sure if video was going to be a lasting medium because podcasting by its very nature was audio only. Um, so it's like, oh, you can't watch a video podcast when you're driving to work or when you're on your commute or things like that. But actually, uh, consumers are, are preferring to have video as part of their um, as part of their podcasting experience. Uh, so it's an important one to consider if you're if you have a podcast or you're thinking about launching one. 
And if you're doing an audio only podcast, you might be missing a big trick. So um, try it out and publish your video podcast uh, sooner than later and see if you it drives uh, some interesting results for you. And I think one thing I want to add to this, like not just video, but in my opinion, live streaming is such a massively untapped channel from what I've seen. Um, We should be doing more of this. Everybody should be. I don't see a ton of live streams happening. Um, I love live streaming. I think it, it can be a little bit intimidating to just get on and talk, but I think the authenticity is part of the, the beauty in it. Um, one of the things I love about it, especially if you're just launching a podcast for the first time, if you're launching a new podcast, you don't have a following on podcast channels. There's no way you could, right? So you're going to launch a fresh podcast with zero followers and it takes a lot to drive interest and traffic to that podcast. Live streaming gives you the opportunity to, um, share your content on channels that, um, you already have a a network. So whether that's LinkedIn or Twitter or Twitch or wherever, uh, you can tap into people who you're already connected with and um, increase the exposure and and drive more to your podcast. I think a lot of people give up on podcasting too soon because it's hard to build an audience. Um, So try live streaming and and see if that helps you kind of get a jumpstart as you're launching something new. So those were some of the biggest kind of predictions that I've seen over LinkedIn and um, different articles and podcast episodes from some marketing experts, uh, original content over AI, uh, collaboration, especially when it comes to podcasting, this decline of the B2B demand generation playbook and visual content. Um, There's a lot of conversation happening about these topics, and I'll send you some more stuff of where I found it if if anybody's interested. interested. But I wanted to share some of my own predictions for 2024. Um, We're going to pretend for a second I do have a crystal ball, even though I don't. Um, But there's a couple of things, two things in particular that I wanted to talk about. And The first is the changes that are happening in uh, marketing data and attribution modeling. So um, you know me, I talk about this all the time, measuring and um, defining success for your marketing campaigns and strategies. But the problem is that in today's digital world, and John Miller said this in the OpenView blog, um, buyers are staying unknown and anonymous for longer in digital spaces. So this becomes a big problem for marketers who are tracking attribution. There are so many opportunities for people to ask apps not to track your data or decline cookies. And there's so many many new privacy policies and protection out there um, that makes it a lot more difficult to track in the way that we used to. So uh, there's a lot of ad and content platforms that have had like been sort of unreliable in their attribution data for some time, but this is getting even worse. Um, We have talked about it on the show before. It means getting more comfortable with measurement as opposed to attribution. It, It might seem like a subtle difference, but it's really critical if, you know, the difference between measuring the success of a marketing strategy or a specific marketing effort versus, um, you know, measuring the direct attribution of a specific 
campaign or ad or um, uh, or channel even. So how do you measure the success of something that can't be measured or is having a hard time being measured at the moment? Um, it's it's not a new challenge, right? It's a new challenge for demand generation, but it's been a challenge for a long time when we're thinking about awareness and brand building efforts. So we're just now seeing that trickle down funnel. That's my prediction for 2024. It's, it's just going to get harder and harder to measure in a direct attribution way. Um, so we have to get a little bit more creative in how we measure success. Um, this means working in really close partnership with your peers and other department heads to ensure that everybody's on the same page. I think that's the most critical piece. Regardless of how you're measuring or what metric you're tracking, being on the same page with other stakeholders is going to be the key piece to making sure everything works. Because if you are reporting, if you as a marketer are reporting on implied attribution, let's say, um, this is something I love to do where, you know, you sort of look at your direct traffic, look for spikes and see what did, what was happening during that time that isn't a direct click, but, um, you know, can be, we can say, oh, uh, this was a webinar that we did during that time. And um, so more people were visiting our website or more people became aware of us, right? Things like that. You could be reporting on those implied attribution metrics and another team member can be saying, yeah, well, we're not driving, you know, X metric. So that alignment is really important of like, hey, this is what's changing. Here's why we're going to measure these different metrics and why they matter to our business um, and have everyone uh, kind of get on the same page in agreement so that um, you're not setting yourself up for miscommunication or misalignment down the road. But keep an eye on this. There's a lot of changes happening on, in uh, how we track digital uh, funnels and uh, it's, it's going to make it harder and harder for marketing to um, do their jobs. My second prediction, um, and some of this is maybe a reflection also on some of the things I've seen, but um, that personalization, this is not a new idea. Personalization in marketing has been a thing for a very long time, but I think finally now we are at a breaking point where there is a very low tolerance for broad advertising and broad outbound. Um, it kind of ties back actually to the... Uh, the concept of original content and authenticity in some ways, um, because I think what what our audiences are looking for is for people to businesses to acknowledge that they know us. Right. We as marketers have way too much data at our fingertips to continue to run these broad, irrelevant campaigns. And I can't even say marketers, actually business development teams, sales, same thing. This personalization is so, so, so important um, because otherwise there's, the, with all the noise that's happening in digital spaces, it's uh, there's just a very low tolerance for stuff that isn't relevant to me. Um, I just was right before getting on this live stream was on a call where somebody said, hey, I just got this ad for this thing that we were talking about. And it's it's exactly solving the problem we were talking about having. Right. Um, 
people want that level of relevance in their advertising. And, you know, the the outcome of that conversation is, hey, I don't know who this person in this business is, but, you know, they they got my attention because they spoke to a problem I have in this moment. And uh, and so now I'm going to react to it. So anyways, the there's a few things, a few areas I think that we need to get better. Um, first is like the basics of automation, right? Uh, marketing automation, again, not a new concept, um, but if I'm getting emails with the wrong name in the salutation, this is a 2004 problem, not a 2024 problem. We have to clean our databases. Please, 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 I'm begging you, make sure you're not sending emails to people with the wrong name. Those variable tags, if you're gonna put in a variable tag in your email, please make sure your data is clean. That It may seem super basic and sort of foundational, but um, it's really, really important because every time I get an email, um, addressed to Amanda, I delete it because that's not me. And um, so it feels inauthentic. Um, poor segmentation. This is another thing we need to get better at. Uh, really simple stuff. I get new customer offers all the time for uh, brands that I'm already a customer of. Subscription-based stuff, right? Um, don't send me an email with an offer for a new for new customers only, if I'm already a customer. Um, we have this data already in our CRMs. Uh, so we just, it's just, um, maybe we're trying to go too fast. That is uh, creating this environment where we're missing some of these, some of these basic uh, steps. The last thing is a lack of understanding of our personas. Um, this leads to uh, mismatched channels or wasted outreach. I mean, if we stay on the, the topic of email communication, um, don't email or send LinkedIn messages to people who aren't your target buyers. I see it happening all the time. Um, just because a person is at a particular conference or showed up on a, a list somewhere, or just because they're in your CRM, doesn't mean they're your target buyer. So when you send emails that are, you know, hey, I thought it would be a really good fit for us to talk about these things, but they're not a good fit. Um, again, it just feels inauthentic and maybe a bit lazy. So make sure you're doing your research on uh, your personas. You have a good definition of who your target buyer is, and then people that you're communicating with and marketing to actually match that definition. Um, otherwise, it just, again, feels um, inauthentic and lazy. The mismatch channels piece, I mean, maybe this happens more on the consumer side, but uh, it's so easy to target ads properly to the right segments. Um, but a lack of understanding of your persona will definitely lead to you placing ads in the wrong spaces. Um, I see all the time my my son will be on YouTube and he'll be watching Yo Boy Pizza play Madden 24 or whatever, and he gets an ad for feminine products. <laughs> like there is no reason for that ad to be placed on that in that spot in YouTube, because we are able to target based on interest. We're able to target on demographic. Um, so these are like pretty, there's a lot more maybe sophisticated ways we can get uh, 
personalization right and wrong, but I'm talking about the basics here. Uh, we have the data, we have the information, please use it, slow down um, to make your marketing more impactful. Um, we have to start caring about this stuff more uh, because there are a lot of new policies rolling out that is going to make it uh, way harder to send emails that are getting marked as spam. So Google and Yahoo in February have some new email policies coming out, for example. They're aiming to protect people from unwanted content in their own channels. So spam is going to be far less tolerated. Uh, if you don't want to be marked as spam, you've got to do a better job at being relevant and useful and helpful. Um, and that goes back to authenticity. So uh, again, I think uh, some of this is is trailing a bit. It's it, some of this stuff is is not new, but um, as there's more and more opportunities for AI and automation and increased efficiency, it just makes um, authenticity and empathy and a human approach that much more important. So. I think that's enough predicting for one day for somebody who uh, doesn't have a crystal ball to to talk for thirty minutes about our predictions for the for the new year. Uh, yeah, that's uh, you know we'll see what comes true. Hold me to it. I want everybody to come back to me in a year and let me know where I was right, where I was wrong. We're gonna uh, revisit all of the predictions from other brilliant marketers in the space and see what actually happens. So as you're planning your strategy, if you ever want to chat about uh, sort of what your focus is going to be for the year, you know, I'm always here. So thank you everybody for tuning in today to this very special happy new year edition of Marketing Demystified. We will see you at a new episode next week.